You're now listening to episode 112 from The Shed End. As always, myself, Theo. Theo, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, a day off work today. It's always good just to not, not do much. been watching a lot of tennis, the Australian Open, which means a lot of early wake-ups, yeah. given that it's in Melbourne. Um, so yeah, I was at, at the crack of dawn today to watch Djokovic and um, my favourite female player, Haddad Meyer. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Um, looking forward to the weekend. No Chelsea to watch this weekend, but we're back in action on Tuesday. Mm. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the weekend. Nevertheless, how are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, not like you getting up to watch tennis. I can I can assure you that. But I am still up. I'm still up doing the school runs anyway. Um, but I have been watching parts of the African Cup of Nations. Um, so the, the, yeah, the, the lovely 2 p.m. kickoff and you get like a 5 p.m. kickoff and you get like your evening one. But um, yeah, there's been some really good games, some shocks already. Um, there's a really good game last night with Ghana and Egypt. Um, Mohamed Salah came off injured, which was obviously for Liverpool fans. This is, we've got them coming up soon. So I don't want to wish injuries on anyone, but hopefully he misses out on um, any games that he's got coming up with us as well. So um, yeah, apart from that, good, you know, enjoying... Yeah, just enjoying the time. Obviously, no no Chelsea this weekend, which we'll get into. But um, before we get into this this week's episode, please subscribe to the channel. Please make sure you go and hit the Linktree link in the description and uh, go to all the social accounts, give them a follow. Um, let us know your thoughts in the comments as well. But we are going to start with something slightly different. As I said, there's no Chelsea this weekend. Um, playing Obviously, we played last weekend, so we, we've got a, a lovely weekend off. But we are going to do it slightly different. We're going to talk about some of the other areas of Chelsea in terms of the low knees, that we currently have out or some that have returned in uh, David Datra Fofana and Andre Santos. Um, we're going to go through the list and try and assess, maybe see where they are. Are they doing well on their loan loan deals or should we potentially look at recalling them and sending them back on, out on loan like we've done with Fofana? So um, probably no better place to start with than David Datra Fofana, who was at Union Berlin. Uh, Theo, what was your thoughts on, on his or from your perspective, what his, his loan deal was like over in the Bundesliga? Initially, when this um, this loan got completed in the summer, I was really excited for it. Uh, Union Berlin just came um, came up on the back end of a really good season, qualifying for the Champions League and being able to play their Champions League matches at the Olympia Stadion, um, which is the national stadium in Berlin. Mm. And I thought it'd be a fantastic opportunity for him to be around that team, hopefully to see um, Union Berlin pick up some good results and stay towards the top of the table. They just signed Leonardo Bonucci as well, so a great player to learn from and see his leadership skills. Um but it just didn't really work out for him. Union Berlin were abysmal in the Champions League. Yeah. I think they only picked up a point. Um, the highlight from his time in, in the Bundesliga and in the Champions League was scoring that one goal against Napoli, I believe, um, away from home, um, which was a good goal against a very good opposition. But other than that, he just wasn't getting much game time, I believe. I think he kind of fell um, second fiddle to um, Kevin Volland, I believe. Um, so yeah, it just maybe felt like he wasn't really developing. Maybe he was feeling a bit homesick as well. Um, probably didn't speak the language, um, which didn't help either. Um, and then we made a decision in January, um, so a couple of weeks ago, to recall him. And then there was talks that we were going to send him back out on loan to Sevilla, mm. which could have been a good opportunity for him. I know they're really struggling, so maybe they needed a, to try something new and get a new striker in, maybe the challenge. I think it's El Nassiri, who's the main guy there. Yeah. Um, but no, instead, we decided to loan him to Burnley, which I think is a good loan move. We saw Burnley um, last season um, and it worked really well with players like Ian Matson and a lot of youngsters. I believe alongside Chelsea and Arsenal, they've got the 
one of the youngest squads in the Premier League. Mm. And Vincent Company seems like a type of manager that really wants to bring in young talent and foster them and develop them. So I am really hoping he gets kind of some game time and some more experience in the Premier League in the next six months. We did see a glimpse of that at times when he was at Chelsea um, from the back end of last season when we signed him. And he only got, I think, a couple of games. But there were kind of some bright bright moments um, from him. But I think now it's really his time to cement um, kind of a spot in a, a Premier League side and show us what he can do. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this loan move. I'm just hoping he does get the game time that hopefully he deserves. I think I think with Burnley the move the move to Burnley I think is is probably a sensible one because one you know we want him to have the the Premier League experience and, and understand what it means to play in the Premier League and I think Vincent Company's brought him in hopefully with the intention of playing him a lot regular you know giving him a lot more regular opportunities than he did at Union Berlin um I'm looking forward to that move. I think it was probably needed. And I think it was a, a, an early indication, especially his time in the Bundesliga, that he, was, he wasn't going to see out the full duration of the season um, in Germany. So I think it's probably a good move for him to come back to. You know, Severe would have been a brilliant one, I think, as well, like you said. But I think giving him that opportunity to, to showcase what he can do. You know, you have to remember, I think it was, he's always sticks out in my mind, but the game against, I think it was in the FA Cup against Man City, um, really good performance for him. I think he came on, I think he came on at half time actually, but he, he came on and he changed the game for us slightly. You know, you could see he was trying to get stuck in. And I want to see more of that of him against, you know, some of the, the oppositions that he might come up against again next season. You know, should his low spell go really well at Burnley, you might get to see him push through the door, you know, at Chelsea. There's talk obviously about Armando Broy potentially leaving, which we'll get onto. But, you know, if there's an opportunity for him to get into this team, this is probably the best opportunity for him you know the door that's open for him at Burnley to try and do that so um you know I'm looking forward to it I think it's a it's a good move for him um what would your overall assessment of his his time out of 10 for for his time at um, Union Berlin be in terms of you know scoring if he could give him one I'm pretty sure it was just a one goal against Napoli and you're the striker when you're a striker you need to score goals so it probably wasn't very positive at all I think experience of being abroad being in a Champions League would be really beneficial to him um, so I think that'll boost up the rating slightly, but I'll give it maybe a four out of ten. No, I'd I'd have to agree. I was, I was sort of on the fence or in between a five and a ten, but I think I know I know we had some sort of issues. I think as well with the I don't know if it was one of the the coaching staff or the manager or maybe some someone within the hierarchy of the ownership, but I think he had some issues there as well. So um, that obviously didn't go in his favour. So I think I'll give him a four as well. I think he he probably deserves yeah. that. Yeah, you should just remind me, I think he got subbed off at one point and kind of whinged or kind yeah. of went down the tunnel and it didn't really kind of go sit well with the coaching staff. Um, mm. and he got charged. Um, but yeah, he's still young, he's still learning, but the experience of being abroad, like I said, and in the Champions League will be really beneficial to him. Yep, yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move over to uh, Andre Santos, who was on loan at Nottingham Forest. Um I don't know where to start with this one. I feel like this could be a zero out of 10 if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, but went with loads of expectation that he was going to do well at Nottingham Forest. Um, there was a lot of you know talk about him going there and getting some game time and some of the players that were, he would be playing amongst as well would potentially help him, you know, understanding the league again, you know, very much like Fafana, but he just didn't seem to work out. Steve Cooper didn't seem keen on him. There was talk about some clauses in the contract of the loan deal as well that potentially meant why he wasn't playing was for that reason. But what was your thoughts on, on Andre Santos and, and his low move at Nottingham Forest and, and possibly why it didn't work out for him as well? Yeah, again, a loan move that I was really excited about. Um, I remember we we saw um, we saw him at preseason and he looked really sharp and a player maybe alongside um, 
uh, Cesare Casale that we thought could be the spine of our midfield going forward for the years to come. Mm. Um, I did feel like he did need a, a learn move and I would have preferred it to be in a, um, with an English club in the Premier League even better so he can gain that Premier League experience. If we do remember as well, he was on the bench for us against Liverpool on the first game of the season. Yeah. So Poch clearly maybe rated him or kind of saw, um, saw him being part of the first team at Chelsea. And then Nottingham Forest um, came calling and they signed him on loan for the season. I think he's only made, he only made two appearances, one being against Burnley in the Carabao Cup, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the main reason this move didn't work out is they signed him in the hope that they needed a midfielder. And then I think a few days later, they signed Sangare, yep. Um, yep. which kind of really um, blew his chances of getting anywhere near the, the starting lineup. And at times he wasn't even in the squad as a whole. He wasn't even in the match day squad. He wasn't on the bench. And then you'd look at his Instagram and he was in Paris. He was elsewhere. So clearly he was just out of favour or he was told by the manager that you're not in my plans. And it was probably agreed come maybe October, November time that he would return in January. And yeah, just a disaster loan move. Um, you'd hope maybe just maybe being in more involved in the training sessions would have helped, but then you could have been more involved in the training sessions at Cobham, being around more experienced players, better quality players, um, and more settled with your, you know, your, your home in London, your family. So yeah, disaster loan move. Um, it's going to be still question marks now whether we loan him back out or we keep him in the squad. Um, preferably, I'd like to loan him. Um, I think a, a club that could really use him. You may be looking at uh, an Everton, perhaps if they lose someone like. Um, um, Amadou Anana this 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 January that could be an option but it's going to be interesting to see what we decide to do with him I think Poch um, now that he's hoping to have more of a say in January will be decide the deciding factor of whether he stays or gets learned out again yeah it's um I mean I don't think he's been involved or he wasn't involved from Nottingham Forest um beyond no- November mid middle of November so it just didn't make any sense. I just don't understand why you would, uh, maybe the Sangare thing is, is probably the reason for that, but I just think still give him game time. You know, it must be demoralizing as a player. You go somewhere, you know, you expect to at least be involved um, and not to be involved at all. You know, not even in a capacity of being on the bench or coming on and getting 10 or 15 minutes of a game, you know, making a quick cameo, seeing the game out, just give him, giving him a bit of experience. So, I think with Chelsea as well, I think one of the things we need to start doing, and I think I've said on here before, we could end up in the same pattern as we were before in terms of, you know, loaning out players. Um, they're not really developing how we want them to. You know, we have to make sure that when we loan players out, that we're actually gaining from it as well in terms of the players developing their learning, they can come back to us. And, you know, maybe Conor Gallagher's a prime example of that. You know, he comes back from his loan deals and he's actually arguably probably one of our best players at the, at the club at the moment. So, you know, you want to make sure that we're developing the players and we're not just sending them out, out on loan just because it makes sense for them to be somewhere else apart from Cobham. So um, I think we can both agree that's probably a, a zero, zero out of ten. Yeah, I think the main reason it'll be a zero is I remember Googling his name to try to find a picture of him in a forest kit to publish on our Twitter when it was a, a rumour linking him back to you know being recorded in January. And I could only find about two or three pictures of him in a forest kit. <laughs> so yeah, I'd have to agree with a the rating of a zero for his load move to Forest. Yeah, it's um the next one's a bit controversial. I don't know if we should add him in, but I want I want to dis- I talk about it and and discuss it. Um, Lewis Hall, who mm. is has I suppose has gone on loan. There is still the obligation to buy in the contracts or the deal um, as part of that loan move to Newcastle. It caused a lot of uproar 
uh, you know, the day that he, he left and, and obviously he, I, I didn't notice at the time, but a lot of his family, I think even himself is a Newcastle fan, but you look at the, the depth that we, or the lack of depth we've got in that role in terms of, you know, Ben Chilwell, um, our Ian Matson's now departed to, to Borussia Dortmund. You think maybe, maybe we should have kept Lewis Hall at the club, maybe for just, just this season. And, and, and he had some really good spells for us before he went on loan, but trying to assess his time away at Newcastle. Um, I'm trying to think, has he, I don't think he's played that many games, maybe more than he probably would have expected to. Um, have we shot ourselves in the foot by the obligation to buy as part of that loan deal to, to Newcastle? I think we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot by signing a player like Cucurella um, mm. a year or two ago and then not kind of opting to to give game time to Lewis Hall. And as a result now, this word we keep using, pure profit, and that's what Lewis Hall is going to be um, this summer. When we hopefully, if we do sell him to Newcastle um, for, I think it's is it thirty five million. It's something quite cheap in the region of what he can probably offer. I think yeah, it's about thirty five yeah. million. So I think if we get thirty five million for him, I think because we keep talking about selling Brozier, selling Matson, selling um, Gallagher potentially, mm-hmm. but um, thirty five million for Lewis Hall for a player from the academy, which will be pure profit on the books. It's, it's good money. Mm-hmm. It's good money, I suppose, but. Like you mentioned, he was probably our best left back last season, given how poor Cucurella was. Uh, we didn't have Matson at the time, and Chilwell was constantly injured. So it does seem a bit odd in terms of his loan to Newcastle itself. I'm trying to remember if he's been injured, if he just has been out of favour, if he he kind of maybe Newcastle don't want to play him because they have that clause in his contract where if he reaches a certain amount of games, they're obliged to buy him. And they're struggling a bit with FFP at the moment as well. Um, yep. They might be forced to sell um, Bruno Gimaresh. Uh, I do remember seeing him in a couple of games in the Champions League, I believe against PSG. I think he had a bad game so against that, Borussia Dortmund as well, as well, I think. He might so, have, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I'm kind of tempted to give him a similar rating to the one um, I gave um, um, Fafana, given that he's had Champions League experience. Um, I think he's had a lot more game time um, mm. than Andre Santos. That's not difficult. Um and he's playing for his boyhood club. So for him, that must be quite um, quite a motivation, m- motivational boost. So I'm going to give him uh, maybe a five or six out of ten, perhaps. Mm. I, was, I was thinking more, and I will. I mean, I, I think it's a fair assessment. I, I, I was going to give him a three out of ten. Mm. Um, not because I don't think he's a good player, or because I think he's, um, you know, he's not done well. I, I, that game again, I think it was Bruce Dortmund. That game just stand out to me. I think he had a, a, a bad game there. But I think more so because he hasn't had the, the opportunities to probably show what he can do. And obviously now the injuries are coming through for Newcastle, he might get that, you know, the opportunity to do more in terms of what he can, he's capable of doing, but I just don't think he's had that. I think, I don't know if they played Dan Byrne at left, left back a lot more. And obviously live, live, um, Livermento can play there. Trippier can play there as well. So I think there's players that are ahead of him in the pecking order in terms of that, that role that he can play. But we have to remember Lewis Hall can also slot into midfield as well. So I think he'll get opportunity to, to showcase what he can do. Maybe this part of the season, um, it is a massive gray area that, that sort of obligation to buy. Is it, uh, from what I've been told, it isn't linked to how many games he plays. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how it comes out in the summer. Cause obviously we'll know officially then, is it based on number of games? Is it something totally different? Is it, I think from what I've read, it's based on performance of Newcastle, um, either getting back into the Champions League again for another season or how far they go in the Champions League this season. I, I can't remember which one of the two it is, but it's something to do based on on how well Newcastle do um, yeah. when that activation of obligation kicks in. But 
I mean, I'd snatch their arms off to take him back, if I'm honest. You know, you talk about Kukureo, you know, Chilwell in and out of the team, injury. Is he going to be able to sustain a full season without an injury? So you look at Lewis Hall and he's definitely an option that we should have been considering. Now Ian Matson's gone as well. Someone that we should have probably kept, from, in my opinion, at the club for another season. Yeah, all these complaints we've had this season of playing Colwell at left back, that would have been sold. Um, solved had we kept um, Lewis Hall. But at the same time, it would have sent felt a bit silly going into the season with four left backs in Cucurella, mm-hmm. Chilwell, Hall and Matson. And I remember I think we had a podcast episode in the summer we discussed which one we would keep loan sell perhaps. And I think we both agreed we'd loan out um Lewis Hall. Um mm, have to go back. So maybe yeah, we'd have to go back and listen to that. So at the time maybe that did make sense. Um but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what we do in the summer and given how our performances have been, especially at left back this season. Mm. you take him back in a heartbeat oh yeah 100% 100% he's uh, he's definitely a good player he'll go on him Jared Brett Bramfway at Everton you know they're, they're the future I think so no silly of us to let him go but it's what we've done before we're going to get on to January signings um, there's one that I'm, I'm you will get this in the January signings one that we signed that we let go but we'll we'll move on to that later um, Diego Moire Moira I always get his name wrong, actually, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher some of these names soon because some of them are just, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, he's at Lyon at the moment. Um, how do you think he's doing? I don't know if you've been able to watch much of him, so I don't really want to put you under the spotlight. I personally haven't, so I don't know much about him, but I have read slightly about his time at Lyon at the moment, but do you have any impressions of, of, of how he's doing or what he should be doing more of? Yeah, so we signed this chap from um, Benfica, I believe, um, last summer. Meant to be a bit of a exciting young, pro- uh, young promising player, um, Portuguese. I think he's got some kind of French in him. So I think mm. um, the loan to to maybe Ligue 1 would have made sense at the time if he feels at home being um, in France, speaking the language. In terms of his game time, I think it's been a bit fifty fifty. He's featured occasionally, but maybe a bit sporadically off the bench. But in terms of Lyon season quite similar to Union Berlin's. It's been awful. Um, yeah. They were hovering just above the the relegation zone. Last time I checked, there was the whole controversy, um, all kind of um, shocking scenes with the team bus. When yeah. I think it was a Gattuso, yeah, got badly yeah. injured from that. Um, so I think it's just been a bit of a toxic kind of atmosphere around the club um, this season. Um, another player, maybe at the time, the jump from from kind of playing academy football to going to a club like Lyon might have, might have been quite a big jump. So I think the ex- expectations at Lyon are very high. So um, I think I'd give him a season at Lyon to just see what he can still do. And then in the summer, perhaps learn him to a championship club, yeah. perhaps to our, our kind of a second club at the moment, Strasbourg, where Angelino Gabriel is, or maybe a Premier League team. But I think um, that would kind of make both of us maybe keep a closer eye on him. But I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen much of him at Lyon so far. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to echo exactly what you've just said. Um, I think it be. I think it's. It's even harsh for us to even give him a, a rating because, you know, like I said, you know, I haven't really watched much of him uh, at all. I know that he started the season very well. He, he was coming off the bench and, and in, in, impacting the game, but I think he dipped out. I think there's there's been a second since then. I think at Leon as well. Has there not? I think was it they sacked they sacked Gattuso or he left on his own terms. Yeah. Did they get Laurent Blanc back? I'm not. I'm not sure actually. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure there was a second. I'm, I'm I'm sort of doing this based on just reading Athletic and then not not really taking in what I'm reading at like 11 p.m. Right. 
it wasn't it wasn't Gattuso. It was it wasn't Gattuso. It was uh, Fabio Grosso who yeah. got injured in the team bus incident, yeah, and he yeah. got sacked. Or mm. He left on his own terms, I believe. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, he left. I remember he left, but um, I don't think he's been in the fold since then. So. You know, I think it's I think it's useful for him to to gain experience, especially playing abroad. I think that's going to broaden anyone's horizons when they're playing football. But I do think if we're hoping to integrate some of these players into, um, you know, the the first team at Chelsea, I, I do think they need to be playing, if not in the Premier League, at least in the Championship, because I think just understanding how English football works, which is slightly different to you know the the, the league in France and the league in Spain give him, I don't know, an opportunity to play for, you know, a Leicester or someone like that, you know, whoever goes down this season, whoever gets relegated, send them to that team just so they've got a bit more experience of how and expectations, what they will be if they ever do break through to the to the Chelsea first team. So, um, but a lot of potential from what I'm told, you know, from what I've been reading, a lot of potential with him. So we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on him. Um, let's move over to Gabriel Slanina. Your favorite position, goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one as well. Um, currently playing in Belgium. Um, although it sounds from what I'm reading here that not, they've not had the, the best of times. Um, yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on him? As a goalkeeper, let's start with that. As a goalkeeper, what's your thoughts on him? Because I think he's one of these goalkeepers that has kind of gone under the radar. Um, we haven't gone to Kepa yet, which we will do, but he's gone under the radar. We've got Sanchez, we've got Petrovic, we've got Kepa still on the books. We've got, obviously, Selenina as well, who for me came in and I expected him to kind of feature a bit more in the first team at Chelsea before anything else because I thought that's what his initial signing was for was to, to add depth um into into our goalkeeping area but what's your thoughts on him as a goalkeeper and is it a bit premature to expect to see him in the Chelsea first team you know should he be there now for instance yeah we've clearly had our eyes on Slanina for a while I believe and we signed him I think two years ago and he officially joined the club in January That's and it. then was training at Cobham and I believe a few times he might have featured on the bench even last mm. season um, when Mendy was injured and Bettinelli was injured. Um, a very exciting keeper from what I've read. Um, he had a very bright future ahead of him when he was in the MLS. And I feel like we're trying to go down that uh, Thibaut Courtois route where we signed him at a very young age. Mm. We brought him to the club and then we loaned him out. Um, I think we loaned um, Courtois to Atletico Madrid. We signed him from Genk. And we were doing the same now with Stelina. We signed him from the MLS, which seems the kind of league now where we're getting our goalkeeping talent from with Petrovic as well. And we've learned him now to, is it Union Saint-Gilloise or is it? No, sorry, it's not. It's um, so, KAF Upen. Upen, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I'm not, I'm no, dis, no disrespect to Upen, but I think he could have maybe done with a club of a bit of a higher caliber. Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure if he's first choice there. I've got his Wikipedia open here. He made, he recorded his first clean sheet in a 2 0 win over Charleroi hmm. towards the back end of October. Um, whether he was featuring um, quite frequently before then, but I'm not sure. I feel like another loan player that perhaps could do with a um, championship loan move. Maybe uh, should uh, their first choice keeper in, cha- in the championship get injured. Um, a lot of championship teams play a lot of cup competitions with the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, so it could be a chance for him to get used to English football. Um, hmm. Yeah, a player that had really kind of a bright future ahead of him uh, in the summer. And then we kind of, we haven't heard much of him. And I actually, even before you mentioned his name now, I actually forgot that he was one of the players <laughs> out of my own. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not even sure. Yeah. We've got two yeah, players I'm not even, alone. 
we do and I'm struggling to give a rating as a result um but yeah that's my kind of um feedback and thoughts on Slanina so far I'm going to give him a four out of 10 just from this one sentence that I've read. This is really, really bad of me to do this, but he's got a save percentage of 68% so far this season. So I'm going to give him a four out of 10. Um, I think that's a good save percentage for a goalkeeper and that's without watching him. So they could have all been shots that were directly down his throat that he should have saved. You know, it's it's, it's probably a a true fact, but he's definitely a goalkeeper. You're going to find out he's only played two or three games there. Yeah, yeah exactly, that exactly, <laughs> exactly. But he still saved them. Um, but I think he's a goalkeeper that I think will will have a really good career. He's someone that I want to see at Chelsea. I think, you know, I've said on here before, one area of the team that you can't neglect and is very hard to replace is a goalkeeper. And if we have one that is of the standard that I, I think he is, let's start integrating him into the team. If not, you know, the next the next six months at least by the end of the season get him on the preseason tour to see what he can do for the for the team because I think we can all argue that you know as much as Sanchez is currently number one he's not for me not the quality that we need going forward uh, Petrovic I'm a bit more comfortable seeing in goal but again I don't know if he's the one I look at Slanina and I think he could actually be the one that we we're overlooking a lot of and I think he could be the one that we we need and you know we talk about Diego Costa and 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 um, all these other goalkeepers that we've been linked with over the last you know, 12 months but we could actually potentially have the gem that we're missing in our own team already so give him a chance is what I say um, Mason Burstow Sunderland I have actually watched a bit of him to be fair um you take the lead on this one, then. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's obviously at Sunderland at the moment. Um, they haven't been doing so well this season, though. Um, so they're still around. Are they around the playoff spots? Or they're kind of just hovering outside them. I think at the moment. So some Sunderland fans going to probably say to me, "No, no, we're in the playoffs." You probably are. Just haven't really kept an eye in the league. But um, someone that I think um, has a lot of potential, a lot of potential. I just don't know. I think. I'm watching him at Sunderland and I think, yeah, he's a really good player, but I don't know if that's because that's his level and that's not disrespectful to him. I just don't know if he's got the ability to play at the the top, top level, you know, at Chelsea. I don't see that for him. I, I, I watch him and I think, yeah, I could see him in a championship doing really well. I remember Jermaine Beckford a few years ago was, was smashing a ball in the back of the net for, for Leeds, you know, pretty much every weekend. And then he, he went to Everton and he, he kind of struggled there because he was he just, it's a massive step up when you're, you know, you're at Leeds and you're the, the main guy and it's so easy for you to score. You go to Everton and you can't really do that. I, I feel the same could be the same for, for, for Mason um, as well. But he's he's got yeah. quality. He has got quality. I I just don't think he's got the level. Watching him on loan, I think that's his level at the moment. Is is a, is a Sunderland. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it, what your thoughts are on on him. Yeah, I mean, I've only watched him play twice. I think the first time was in that preseason against Borussia Dortmund, where he actually scored the equaliser. Yeah. Um, same game where Nkuku got injured, and then the second time I watched him, I believe he started in that game against AFC Wimbledon in the League Cup um, earlier, I think in August or September. If I'm completely honest, he was pretty ineffective in that game. Mm. He looked a bit, a bit, you know, like he hardly touched the ball. And I kind of realised after that game, yeah, he could he could do alone. He could do with um, a bit more game time and experience elsewhere. But for his time at Sunderland, I'll be completely honest, I don't think I've watched it much. I caught a glimpse of that game against Newcastle in the FA Cup. I'm not even sure he started there or if he was on the bench. Um, but yeah, I think maybe, maybe perhaps that's his level. 
and maybe that player that still needs a couple more loans before proving himself and coming back to Chelsea. Yeah, but I agree with that as well. I agree. Let's move on to Son, who is doing very well. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, but Casare Casade. I think I've just butchered his name. But I can say Chukameka. So I will say say that. But um, doing very well, I think, at Leicester. I think he's, um, or he was doing very well. I I haven't watched him the last couple of of weekends. But um, well, give me your thoughts on on the the young Italian. Um, Came with a lot of expectation, I think, when he joined Chelsea, that he might even break through in the summer. He might break through to the Chelsea team. But he's he's on loan at Leicester. How, How would you assess his time there so far? Yeah, a player that we signed um, from Inter Milan last summer, big expectations, and he was um, playing a lot quite regularly for the academy team and scoring a lot. I believe he was um, top goal scorer, player of the tournament at the the Euros in the in the summer, yeah. um, the youth Euros, uh, under under twenties or under twenty ones, um, and looked really sharp in preseason um, alongside Andre Santos. He looked really comfortable on the ball, and those games I stayed up at two or three a.m. I remember thinking, wow, this, this is a player. He looks really good. And last year, when he and um, Leicester signed him on loan, I was a big fan of this loan move. You mm-hmm. mentioned those teams, Premier League quality teams that kind of get relegated. Those are the type of teams you want to loan your players to. The Leeds, the Southamptons, the Leicesters. Um, and Leicester actually are doing really, really well in the championship. I believe yep. they're looking like they're going to they're gonna walk it. They're going to comfortably finish top, I believe. Um, and he is getting some game time. I'm not sure if it's kind of starting or coming off the bench. Pretty sure he scored on his debut against um, Cardiff and it was the winning goal. I think he got a goal away to Millwall um, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago as well. Yep. Um, so he is getting some game time and some, something a bit silly, but like Leicester's training ground and kind of facilities are one of the best in the country. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's a huge investment in that. So he's going to develop there. He's going to learn a lot. And like we've mentioned about the other loan moves that maybe, you know, the, um, the ones for Diego Moreira, Slanina, um, we want to see these players maybe in English football and Cassidy's now got that English football experience. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next season. If should Leicester get promoted, if we keep him at Leicester in Premier League, if we call him back, if we loan him to another league, to um, to maybe an Italian team. Um, but yeah, a really exciting player and probably the player I want to give the highest rating so far for his loan move. Um, I want to give it a seven simply because um, I think it's the perfect fit for him. But I think he could maybe get pushed up to an eight or nine if he's just getting a bit more regular game time. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at some of the stats here now. So he's played a total of 22 matches for Leicester this season, started eight, yeah. um, which is very good. Um, you're right as well. Cardiff, I think he scored the winner. I think he scored um, in the FA Cup against Millwall more recently as well. So, you know, he's definitely impacting. I mean, Leicester are top of the league. You know, they're, they're seven, um, six or seven points ahead of Ipswich, uh, who are in second place in the championship. So they're doing really well. Not to say that it's all down to him, but he's obviously impacting those games when he's coming off and he's been really effective as well off the bench. So it's just showing, and I mean, I'm not, I hate stats, but just reading some of the stats there, some of the key passes, you know, that, that he's making and and even watching him, I think as well, um, when I've been able to watch Leicester, you know, he's one of those players that you could see fit into the Chelsea team as well. Um, I, I don't say that about all of the, the low knees that we've currently got, but when you look at him, the profile that he is, you could see him maybe not next, maybe not this season, but next season, you could see him playing, you know, in and amongst that team, especially if we, we do break into that European bracket, you know, this season, we end up with Europa League Conference or Europa League. I could see him playing those odd games, you know, coming in, affecting the game or cup games next season. So, I agree with you. I would give him a nine out of ten. Maybe 
some will say it's unrealistic, but I think a nine out of ten for what he's doing, where Leicester are in the league, the, the you know the trajectory that we're hopefully going to see from him as well. I think he's out of all of those sort of youngsters that we brought through. I look at him and think, yeah, I could see him fitting into that Chelsea squad with no problem. Yeah. In hindsight now, would you have kept one of Cassidy or Andre Santos and loaned out um, Ugo Chuku? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I, I would even, I, I, we obviously can't do this, it's not football manager, but I would, I would I'd look at possibly recalling, recalling him now and sending out Ugo Chuku because I think he's, hadn't had opportunities in the senior squad and he doesn't really take them and obviously got injured. I think he might even still be injured now. And I, I, I don't see that. I don't see a role for him in that, in in our club at the moment. Whereas I do for Cassidy, I do see him fitting into that team a million percent, you know, so hindsight. Yeah, definitely would have, would have probably kept him, but you know, we wouldn't probably see what we see now at his time at Leicester had we not sent him there so I think the low move is brilliant for him because he's playing with a, like you said about the facilities that's people forget that you know they forget that mm. yeah he's, he's doing it all on the pitch but even the facilities away from the, you know, the Saturday 3pm kickoff all of that matters you know who you're around the team that you're with the manager the coaching staff where you sleep you know where you eat your food, where you train, where you're lifting your weights. It's all of those things are factored in, you know, the, 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 these footballers are, are wrapped into the most bubble of worlds. So everything matters for them. So, you know, brilliant loan move for him. Definitely one that we, we hopefully will see in the first team in a couple of, couple of months time. Um, Hakim Ziyech, another one that's a bit debatable. Do we need to talk about him? But he's at Galatasaray. Um, I feel like there's a, mandatory fee on top of this is there a fee that's included with this yeah it is and then I also saw that they wanted to terminate his loan um, this month as well but from what I've seen in the Champions League you look quite bright uh, Paul was against United where he scored two goals um, and he seems obviously being maybe a, a Muslim player um, playing in Turkey that's mm. something that kind of a lot of players um, seem to fit into yep. when I went to Istanbul in um, in October um, a lot of the Galatasaray shops had his name all over the the kits and almost yeah. like he was the the poster boy alongside um alongside Akadi. Um but yeah, it seems maybe it could be the same usual thing that we saw at Chelsea discipline issues, perhaps. It could be um I don't I'm not sure, maybe his wages are too high to make the move permanent. But as a Chelsea fan, you just want a player like that off the books. Now you kind of hope there's some kind of obligation to buy him. Um in terms of his performances, other than the Champions League and the um, the game I saw against Besiktas, so actually was injured for that, so didn't feature. I haven't watched much of him, but I think a player of his age now, and he's still being loaned out, it's not really good for him. So I think um, I kind of want to kind of skim through these to see actually the Kepa ones because they're experienced players now that going to be loaned out and should be sold by by Chelsea rather than loaned. But I'll give Ziyech maybe a five out of ten. Yeah, I'd I'd probably go with the same. I'm just I'm just reading here because I was I asked myself the question or asked you the question, but I think I've answered it. So there is a there is a a mandatory loan, uh, sorry, mandatory future fee. From what I'm reading on here, um, for Hakim Ziyech as well. So I'm hoping that is true because I think we do need to get him off the books and, and not because I, I don't think he's got quality because he he can show that. I think he, I'm almost certain he was the reason uh, Galatasaray ended up drawing with Manchester United, I think it was 3-3 three, three 
in the end. Yeah, um, two free kicks. Two free kicks, yeah. So, you know, he has got quality about him. I think another big thing that we've all pointed out when he was at Chelsea, and also you've just mentioned it then, is his, his attitude sometimes isn't the best. I know when he f- first got to Galatasaray, he wasn't initially included in the team because of having to get up to full fitness. So in that period when he wasn't playing for Chelsea and moving to Galatasaray, he clearly wasn't keeping himself you know, in good nick and he wasn't doing what as a, as a sportsman, as a footballer that you should be doing is keeping yourself in good shape. So when you do get a club, you can just hit the ground running. He wasn't doing that. So, um, and there's been things, you know, we've said before, just his, his attitude towards things, especially on social media, all of those things. I mean, look, he needs to move away. He needs to, to, to go somewhere. Galatasaray seems to be the club that wants him. Um, I, I, I would probably, you gave him a five, five out of 10. Yeah. Only because that, that, tweet or rumour came up recently that they might mm. terminate his contract. Um, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's, maybe because there is the obligation to buy in the kind of loan, they want to terminate it now so they don't have to buy him, perhaps it could be the reason. Possibly. I, I, might, I might give him, I, I'm going to give him a four. I'm going to give him a four. Um, I, I'm, I'm basing this on the games that I've watched when he's played in, you know, um, you know, Champions League or whatever, not really because I'm watching the, the Turkish Super League. So, you know, he could be turning up, you know, t- 10 out of 10s there. So I, I'm, I'm doing it based on what I'm getting to see, unfortunately. But I'm going to give him a four. Um, another player that if he's not off the books, he needs to be off the books. So I'm hoping that is a mandatory, you know, they must buy him at the end of this this deal because he hasn't got a space at Chelsea, that's for sure. Um I'm trying to think who else we've got a couple couple more on here. I want to. I don't want to do all of them because there's there's quite a few. Don't, don't, me- don't mention the one that we don't. No, want to talk no, no, about. no, 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 no. He's not. He, he's on the list. He's on. He's on. He's very bottom of the list. We're not. We're not going to mention. Him. Let's go to Kepa. Let's go to Kepa next because um, that there are there are a couple and obviously we've got more things we want to talk about. But Kepa, obviously Real Madrid. I think it, even this week, I think it was even mentioned that he's kind of gone over there with false intentions of being Real Madrid's number one while Thibaut Courtois injured um, due to an ACL injury. So what's your thoughts on Kepa at the moment and his freak goal? I think in the, was it the Super Cup the other week, um, last week? I think it was the Super Cup, wasn't it? Where he scored yeah, the, the freakish of own goals. Weird, weird tournament that was played in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Semi-finals. Yes. That, final that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he started off really positively. Um, I saw he made some big saves in the Champions League in that group along with Napoli and mm. Union Berlin, who we mentioned before, and Braga. Um, and then I think the last couple of games, he's lost his place to, to Luna, the, the kind of third-choice goalkeeper, um, who initially Madrid didn't trust to play throughout the season um, when uh, Courtois was injured. Um, yeah, that fluke goal against Atletico, I think he goes to punch it and then he flips backwards and ends up almost kicking it with his knee but into the back of the goal. And I think Oblak scored an own goal yesterday as well. He did something similar. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, but in terms of his loan, um, I want to give it quite a good rating given he's playing for one of the best teams in, in the world. He's playing under the management of Carlo Ancelotti and being um, of Spanish nationality. Mm-hmm. It's probably every boy's dream to play for a Barcelona or Real Madrid. But then I saw something recently that we're looking to sell him now. We're maybe probably happy of our Sanchez and Petrovic. Um, and we'd, we'd want, I think, 17.5 million for him. Um, yeah. which is quite cheap for a uh, Spanish international goalkeeper who's just played a season at Madrid. Um, and Madrid aren't willing to pay that for what's going to be a backup goalkeeper. 
Um, because obviously Courtois is likely to come back yeah. um, end of season, beginning of next season. So he'll be second choice and Madrid aren't willing to pay, I think, um, over maybe 15 or 12 million for a player that's going to be backup or second choice. So that makes me say this is not a good loan move. This is just a loan move that he's gone there to to replace Courtois for a year and then come back to us and then we're stuck with the same problem. Hmm. We've got three goalkeepers afterwards, Kepa, Petrovic and Sanchez. We're going to be in a dilemma because I don't think any of the three of them are good enough to be our long choice fast fast goalkeepers. Mm. Um, then we're going to have to either sell one, we're going to have to sell two. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give this one a four out of ten as well. Okay, uh, I agree with that actually. Um, I'm just thinking back now. So yeah, I think he he was he started really well. He did. He started really well. I think he did. He, I think he got injured. He, I think he got injured as well in just before Christmas. He got injured. Um, and L- Lunin, is it Lunin? The, the third choice. Yeah. I think he, he came in and he done really well. Um, he was doing really, really well for, for, uh, Real Madrid and he's then capers, um, struggled to get back into the team. So, uh, I think it's definitely a low move of convenience for both club and player. Obviously, like you said, you know, Kepa being, of, 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 you know, being, being Spanish, I think it was always going to be something that you can't really turn down when Real Madrid come for you or Barcelona. And obviously, Real Madrid needed a goalkeeper desperately after the Courtois ACL injury. So, you know, it kind of made sense for him to go there. So, um, I feel like it should be higher. I feel like it should be like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. And the reason I say that is because, albeit up until his injury, I think he was playing really well for for um for Real Madrid. And but it's, it's a seven or eight out of ten for him, but for Chelsea, what, what are we getting out of oh, this? Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, nothing. yeah, sorry, yeah. I think for yeah. him, yeah, definitely for us. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. For us, it's nothing. I mean, I've I've been, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I would say it's less than four if it's for us because we we end up with a goalkeeper that we theoretically don't want. We can't even sell him for what I would say is very a low valuation. I would have him a lot higher than the the seventeen point five million. I'd. I would say it's at least 30 million worth of goalkeeping talent. So I think for us, yeah, definitely it's a, it's a, it's a bad one. I, I, I go back to my point about um, Slanina. I think he's probably, even in the pecking order, I'd say Slanina is probably higher than Kepa um, in terms of what we can see from potential, hopefully in the next couple of you know seasons or so. Oh. Yeah, let's give him let's give him the four then. If we're basing it on that, I mean, I think I've been scoring these wrong then. I've been basing it on the, the individual player. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you say it, it could be it could be it could be an average of the two. It could be like um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should we should have done some criteria. We should have said that at the very yeah. start. It was, it off but um, but no, yeah. if it's if it's based on Chelsea, then yeah, definitely. Um, oh, it's got to be less than four. I'd say probably a three because we're going to end up with. Probably. We're going to end up with five. Is it five goalkeepers we'll end up with? Pe- Sanchez, Petrovic, um, Slanina, Kepa. Am I missing Bettinelli. someone? Bet- is Bettinelli still there or is he gone? He's still, he's still, he's still somewhere at the club, I oh, think, with Malinstar. And, um, Jesus. So, um, I think he's, he's been on the bench a few times um, this season when um, well, we've had injuries Sanchez or in cup out. games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to end up with five goalkeepers. Um yeah, I I don't I don't see that being a good thing. So yeah, maybe a two out of ten for me. Two out of ten. Yeah, some oh, other well. players out on loan that we probably won't have time to talk about. Yeah, but Bashir Humphreys, yep. Swansea, I believe. Yeah, Harvey Vale, who's at Bristol Rovers. Um, Angelino Gabriel, who's at Strasbourg. Strasbourg. Um, um, Amari Hutchinson's at Ipswich Town. Amari Hutchinson at Ipswich are doing very well, I believe. Uh, Tino Andrew Portsmouth. 
Team Mandarin, yeah. And then I think there's another chap who's at Roma. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's about it, I believe. Yeah, I'm just looking down my list here. I didn't have anyone else on the list that I've got here. So um, yeah, I think we've covered off the main ones. But yeah, I think, you know, maybe we could do a part two where we can talk about, you know, Andrew Hutchinson, Bashir Humphreys, who's another really good one as well. Um but as you say, time is ticking away. Um, yeah. <laughs> time is ticking away. So let's let's move on. Let's move on to um, quickly the transfer news that came this week. Uh, firstly, about Amanda Breuer. Um, apparently, according to The Athletic, David Ornstein, I think, reported it that Chelsea have valued Amanda Breuer at £50 million. They are willing to potentially listen to offers for Breuer, Conor Gallagher in this window, in the winter window. What's, what's your thoughts on that, first of all? I mean, two players that when you look at it, we kind of need to keep at the moment, especially with Nicholas Jackson. If we do find someone a suitor for, for uh, Amanda Broyer, Nicholas Jackson with uh, with Senegal will go really far into the African Cup of Nations. Who's actually playing up front for us? Yeah, exactly. And even when Nicholas Jackson comes back, should he pick up an injury or should he not perform consistency like we've seen it so far? We're going to need someone like Broja who can come on for him, sub, sub, up, sub on for him. Uh, if we go deep into the FA Cup, we're going to need a second striker. Um, AFCON, it might last until the end of Jan, maybe beginning of Feb. I'm not sure when the final is. And I would expect Senegal to go quite deep into that competition. Um, so I think player that we should keep, especially if we don't have a replacement lined up for this season. Um, but the valuation of 50 million is a lot. Mm. It's a lot. Maybe we're just trying to pick up some money wherever we can. If we're going to try to keep Gallagher, we're going to try maybe keep Lewis Hall in the summer. Um, if we can't get a fee for Chalaba this this January as well, um, but yeah, I play I I would keep until the end of the season. Um, like I mentioned in the previous part, I'll make do with um, Broja and Cuckoo and Jackson until the summer, mm. and then assess our options. But then this crazy rumor came out of nowhere that we might pick up a more experienced player from Saudi Arabia. Um, there's a lot of players that move there in the summer and all of a sudden now there seems to be this exodus. Mm. Jordan Henderson coming back to Europe from Ajax. Um, not that I wanted Henderson. Um, but yeah, Benzema, Firmino, Mitrovic, I think the, th- the three names that kind of stand out. Mm, yeah. And I'm actually going to say what, I think this is kind of on the back end of what I said on the last pod. I want us to value kind of experience now. I want us to look at players, the yeah. profile of players we should be going for now are these experienced players. Some examples of defenders I'd go for, Varane, Delete midfielders i'd go for a kimmich a palina strikers i'd go for a femino or a benzema short-term yeah. kind of solution you looked at when we picked up Giroud um from um well, it works from arsenal it worked really well and he was i think 29 30 at the time um so i think this could this could really work wonders for us i think benzema didn't attend um winter training in mauritius i believe um, yeah. where they were training has fallen out a bit of the coach and I think they've come out now and said to dismiss all these rumours and have said that he's going to stay with the club. But I think if we can get Benzema on a six-month loan, I think that would be fantastic for us. Experienced player. I think players like Jackson and Cuckoo and um, and even Brogia, should he stay? Um, I don't think he would stay if we, we get Benzema. Would learn a lot from him. And um, the one issue of this would be his wages. I think we'd have to cover his wages whilst he's here and they're going to be quite high, especially after playing six months in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um but I do kind of like these rumours, I won't lie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely, I mean, firstly with Broya, I, I agree with you. I think the, the valuation, I mean, I read it's it's, it's, it's because of um, Rashmus Hoyland at Manchester United while they valued him. Mm. That, 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 I mean, that's just stupid because United pay over the odds for all their players. So 
if, if we, in the grand scheme of things, Rashmus Hoyland's probably about a thirty million pound worth of player. They've just added forty two million pounds on top of that. Um, I'm I'm definitely with you. You know, I think in terms of what we said on here about not having leaders, not having the experienced players in the team, not having people that will be vocal and voice their opinion about players if they're not pulling their weight. I mean, Benzema's the prime example of that. You know, maybe maybe not um, Firmino, but you know you're going to get experience. You know, he knows the league. He knows what it means to, to be playing for a top club. He knows what it means to, to score goals or to contribute to scoring those goals. You know, something that we clearly are missing and lacking in this team at the moment is goal scorers and people who are able to to make something happen. You know, probably why I loved Jao Felix in the end because he was the one mm. player that you'd watch and you'd know that he would be able to just flick a switch and bit of trick, trickery and he would make something happen. So we have been lacking that this season. You know, we've been creating chances, but they're just not going in the back of the net or we're, we're not having that final third pass going into the box. And, you know, someone like Firmino... Uh, I love Mitrovic as much as, uh, you know, he gets a lot of, for me, some criticism that's very harsh, but, you know, he's someone that would come in, you know, again, I'm sure he's probably maybe even his family also, he's got people that he knows around still from Fulham days as well, um, around the area. So he's not like it's going to be a whole new change for him. You know, he's he's used to it. I think, yeah, his family are Chelsea fans, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. There's a pic- picture of him with in his kid shop. in a Chelsea megastore. Mega yeah, shop. buying a bunch of Chelsea Chelsea kits and match. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> I think it's, you know, I mean, for, out of those three, I think you'd have to say, you know, Karen Benzema is the one that is the, the ideal signing for us. I think if we can get Karen Benzema, um, even for six months, like you said, and, and yes, wages is obviously the obvious, um, you know, stumbling block of, uh, around that because... I'm sure he's on like a million pound a, month, a week. It's something like that. It's like just under a million pound a week. So it's something stupid. Um, then yeah, that's going to be the, the thing that might stop that from happening. But if we can come up with some sort of deal with his club and say, look, we'll you know we'll pay we'll pay forty percent. Let's pay fifty percent of the wages. I mean, come on, you don't. You know, do us a favor. We sold you all these players in the summer. Do us a favor. Yeah, we'll get. We'll- We'll give you Lukaku in the summer if you give us Benzema now. We'll give you Lukaku and we'll give you Hakim Ziyech if we can. <laughs> if you can take uh, the both of them. And, and Malang Sar as well. And Malang Sar. We'll add them in for free. You can have them. Um, yeah, I mean, if we, can get, if we can get Benzema, then I think it'd be brilliant for us. You know, I think it'd be a really good sign. And um, will it happen? We don't know. But I, I think, like you said, you know, if we do bring in any of those three, Right, Brozier will not be at that club. He'll go somewhere. Yeah. He'll he'll have to go because it'll just be for his own personal growth. I think he needs to go anyway. If we, if we sign one of them, yeah, I think it's Wolves, Fulham, and West Ham the three the three clubs that are not a bad kind shot. of um, tracking, not, monitoring him. Not a bad shout. One to definitely keep um, to keep an eye on anyway, hundred percent. But let's move on because this is the part of the the podcast I've been looking forward to. Um, mm. Our historical January transfers that we've made you put out a post yesterday um i don't know if it's on instagram actually because i haven't been back on since um they tried to 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 ban us from their meta yeah we'll have to talk <laughs> we'll have to talk about that separately yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean a very good interesting topic really in terms of um our, our worst and maybe our best january signings over the, the the years and um probably best to start with our best i think that might be the best option to do and i'll let you go first because it's your it's your topic, your suggestion. Um, I mean, are we just doing this based on who we think or is there a category of players we can choose from or we just... Because I've got a few that like, I listed I think, down after yeah. we put the tweet out. I think there's five players when you think 
our best January signings you could pick from. I think Torres, not that he performed particularly well, but at the time, paying 50 million British transfer records for, for a player of Torres's calibre from a rival club, Liverpool on deadline day, was just, I always remember that day being at school, staying up late to watch Sky Sports News, um, transfer deadline day. That was really exciting. But in terms of his performances, obviously he didn't really live up to his price tag and the expectation at times. Yeah. Um, so the other four, I think we could maybe choose from I think on Matic, Gary Cahill, Ivanovic, and Olivier Giroud. Mm-hmm. I've got a few. I more. think those are the four. I think okay. I think it's maybe Dem- Demba Bar was very underrated whilst yeah. at Chelsea as well, and the impact he had. I think yeah, he scored. I think against Southampton on his debut. Then he scored those big goals against Liverpool, uh, PSG. Um, so he was he had a big impact, and he only, he only stayed for a year and a half, I believe. Um, but the one I'm going to go with. Um, it's so tough between Ivanovic and Cahill. Um, I'm going to go with Gary Cahill. Signed in January and then come May, he was a Champions League and FA Cup winner. Captain the club after John Terry left. Um, and he was just, you could almost say we haven't properly replaced him since he's left in a way. Mm. Um, well, there's centre-backs that you could maybe put in the same bracket as 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 a Thiago Silva, as a as a John Terry, you know, non, no nonsense centre back that would put his whole body on the line to block shots. Yeah, um, sure. Occasionally, he had a bit of a mistake in him, but I think he was very harshly treated at times by not just Chelsea fans, but the oh, yeah. football yeah, yeah. committee as a whole. Um, but was a fantastic player for us and loyal servant. And I even watched him in the Legends game against them by Munich in September. He still got it, and he still had it. Yeah. He's still, he's still in. Yeah. He's, his biceps still kind of pop out like he, like yeah, he's Popeye. Yeah. Um, fantastic player and great, great just person as well. I feel as a whole, like I met him a few times and he's just a lovely guy as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think I said yesterday on Twitter, I went for, for Gary Cahill, but I did go back afterwards and check and there was a couple where for, and to be fair, there was one that was on, on the, the, the tweet, but there was one that stuck out originally um, for me, but I'm a bit older. So, so I had George Ware, who was here mm. 2000. Um, I feel like he, I feel like we won the, yeah, we won the FA Cup with him. I'm sure we did. I think in 2000, we won the FA Cup that, that year. But he was a really good signer. I think the reason I loved him was because he was actually still good. I mean, he was playing for AC Milan at the time when they loaned him to us. And um, I think Viali, Viali would have been the manager at the time. I think Viali was the yeah. manager at the time in 2000. Play a manager around then, yeah. So he was able, obviously with the connections, he was able to bring George Ware over and uh, it was only for six months, but it was it, at the time as well. I mean, it was like flipping out. Like we've got, I think he just won the Ballon d'Or. I think it was either the year before he won the Ballon. It's like we've got the Ballon d'Or George Ware at Chelsea at the time. So it was like, it was it was almost not unheard of, but it was like, it never really happened like that. And in, in modern day football, yes, it would happen now. But then it was like, bloody hell, we've got arguably one of the best strikers who's just been, you know, dubbed as the Ballon d'Or winner playing for AC Milan who's now come to Chelsea so he was definitely up there for me um, I feel like did we not sign Nicholas Anelka because he was another one for me Nicholas Anelka yeah we did didn't we from Bolton in January yeah. so he yeah. was on my list as well yes last night when you put the tweet out I thought let me just have a quick look and I thought Nicholas Anelka just just bear in mind on, on Twitter you can only upload four pictures <laughs> so yeah that's very true very very true um but yeah, so Nicholas Anelka, I think, was it was honourable shout out. But I did go for Gary Cahill um, because I think of what he, the longevity as well and what he did for the club. And even when John Terry uh, retired, 
we weren't too, I mean, we were fussed, we were worried, you know, John Terry was like the warrior at the back, but we knew that we were safe because we still had Gary Cahill in the team mm. um, and, and almost took the baton, you know, respectfully off, Gary, uh, off John Terry and he'd done the job and he'd done it really well. So I went with him, um, but we had David Louise, I think as well. I think he was a yeah. January signer. Yeah. Um, trying to think there was others. There was one, I, I'm not going to, he's not an honourable shout out, but we actually signed Kevin De Bruyne. In January, we did, didn't we? We did. That yeah, was the and then he joined the club. Yeah. He joined the club in the summer. Um, we loaned him back to um, yeah. Jenk. Yeah, and then I think he came back in the summer. We loaned him out. I think to Wolfs. Was it Wolfsburg? Or we loaned him back to Genk. We went back and to he stayed Genk. for six. And then went to Wolfsburg. six months at Chelsea. Then he went to Wolfsburg. Then Werder Bremen. Mm. Then eventually Man City. Um, but I think where we fantastic player, and the same can be said about Mohamed Salah, who we signed yeah, in January yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely. their impact at Chelsea just wasn't zero, that. Um, zero. Scott zero. Parker. That's why we're with Scott Parker. Scott Parker, another one, yeah. yeah. Um, Kurt um, Zuma. Kurt Zuma. Zuma. I think all those players we signed last January, Mudrick, Enzo Fernandez, oh, yeah. Badger yeah. Shield, yeah. Yeah. Um, even Malagusto. I think I still want to give all of them the benefit of the doubt before judging them oh, yeah. Um, yeah. for the time being. Yeah, yeah. The, the last two, Branislav Ivanovic and Nemanda Matic as well, were two January yeah. signings. So fantastic ones. Two really yeah. good ones. I think we're both agreeing on, on Gary Cahill, though, but what about the worst one now? Because uh, I've got one, one that comes to mind. Before we do that, Samuel Eto, I think, was a January signing as well. He was summer, actually. Was he summer? We signed him in the summer. Yeah. I was trying to think, was he? But I, he remember, was... I remember playing in the winter. Was he summer? So what he did, he was summer, yeah. What we did, I think we sold him to Everton um, this following uh, summer. We did, we did, we, he did, stayed we at, did. He still he stayed at Everton for six months he and then did. I think he went to Sampdoria in he January. Yeah. Yeah, right. um, but for me, the, the worst one, Alexander Pato. Yes, yeah. We, we loaned him in January and he only made two appearances for us. Yeah. Scored a goal against Villa. I was there. But we loaned him in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, our, our only one of our only wins that season, four 0 win um, against Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but Alexander Pater learned in from Corinthians. He yes. hadn't played it in Europe for a good two or three years, I believe. I think we, we, he was injured when we loaned him in, so he only made his debut in April. Mm. We can go back to I think the episode where we rank all the players that we loaned in, and I think we gave him a terrible rating. I believe like um, a minus four or something. Yeah, something ridiculous <laughs> like that. See, Alexander Pato springs to mind. Um, maybe a Juan, Juan, Juan Cadrado, someone like that as well, yeah. who was pretty not, not very effective for us, and then got sold a, a year a year later. I'm going to go with Cadrado. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm going to go with him because I, I I dubbed him Bambi on ice. He was he was the worst <laughs> player. I mean, he's had a really good career. I mean, he'd he done really well for Juventus afterwards. But, and I think it was, he was at Roma as well before Juventus, I think. So, I remember we, so, we sold Salah, we, we loaned Salah to Roma mm. and we bought um, Cordado from Fiorentina. Stayed for six months, won the Premier League with us, didn't, yeah. didn't do much though. Yeah. And then we loaned him to Juventus before eventually selling him to Juventus. Did so, for a player that we bought Roma? in... Maybe I'm, I'm, sure he I'm, I'm, I'm sure he had a stay. A, a lot, a lot. A lot of players in Serie A just like leave their clubs and go to rivals quite willy-nilly. Like he's at Inter Milan now, I believe. Um, oh, really? So he's done Fiorentina. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's done Fiorentina, um, Inter Milan and Juventus. Um, no. But yeah, for a player that we paid yeah, a lot of money for. I've got it wrong. It wasn't there. It was, um, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I thought I've seen him in a Roma kit. Yeah. Wrong. But yeah, sorry. 
But yeah, no, another player you just kind of want to erase from your memory, your Chelsea memory at least, because he was just not effective and he awful. came with big expectations. Awful. And yeah, the fact he never played more than six months with us and he wasn't even alone. Um, he was just awful. So yeah, just, he, he used to just kick the ball and run. He'd kick the ball yeah, and run and just miss the ball and then kick it into the corner and then he'd have two defenders on him and he'd just lose the ball. He'd honestly, I'm, and he, he, it's like he didn't have like the, the correct boots on. It's like he had like, I don't know, like AstroTurf trainers on a wet grass. It was just, it was just so weird to watch him. So weird. Do you know, the one thing I will say about him, he won us the penalty <laughs> that has his scored against Crystal Palace. <laughs> Not... yeah, that, won, that won us the league. How, how, how much should we pay for him? Because <laughs> that's, that's an expensive penalty. <laughs> it's an expensive penalty. I mean, it, it's good, but uh, I just think he's, um, I mean, he's, like I said, he's had a really good career at Juventus. I think he's done really well. He's played with some really good players and, you know, whatever else. But I just think, yeah, him. Who was your one you just said? You said someone else before that. Pato. Alexander Pato. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Cotuardo. I've got to. Pato scored some goals. Can we say that about Cotuardo? I'm not sure we can. No, he didn't score a single one. Pato <laughs> scored a... A, pen, a penalty, yeah. So, um, yeah, toss between those two, and I think our best ones, Cahill, Ivanovic, oh, and, yeah. and Weir, like you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. But um, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Let us know what you think. Who is your favourite January sign? And there are some good ones. Some probably would say Enzo, but again, have you seen Enzo for £100 million yet? I don't think we have, but let us know you, what you think in the comments. Um, before we move on, don't forget to subscribe as well. Um, share, like, and all that stuff. But let's talk about Carabao Cup second leg after the defeat to Middlesbrough. I think it was Hayden who got the goal for uh, Middlesbrough um, just over a week ago now. So going into this game, I mean, it's got to be an expectation. We 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 thrash Middlesbrough. We have to. We we can't win two one and hope that we you know we we just coast through scrape over the line we have to physically batter Middlesbrough I think in this game is that is that the understanding of Chelsea yeah completely and we've got to take our chances and be clinical we can't play um, like we did at the Riverside and just miss chance after chance after chance and then give Middlesbrough one chance and they score it and also um, I think Carrick fair play to him he got his tactics right on the day and like you mentioned I think he targeted the left hand flank of Chelsea because he saw that as a weak spot with Colwell yeah and depending on how fit Chilwell is, it might be Colwell at left back again tomorrow on Tuesday evening. Yeah. And that, it could be a similar situation where they just target us on the left-hand side. Um, we've got to thrash them. We've got to just play our football. We can't let them sit back and just defend. We've got to bring the game to them and take our chances. Um, I'm always hoping we just we go 2-0 up at half-time and then we can have almost a comfortable second half um, where we can just try to score a third. Um, but knowing us, it's going to be one of those games where we we just managed to score maybe a last minute goal like we did against Newcastle and we yeah. take it to, is it extra time or is it straight to pens now? I'm, I'm not I sure. It's, it's, I always get confused because when I was watching the FA Cup the other day, I thought he was going to go straight to pens and he went to extra time. So I, I feel like with the League Cup, it goes straight to penalties now. Yeah, because I do remember one season we played Liverpool and they went to extra time and Ivanovic got that header. Um, yeah. But maybe the rules have changed now because it's midweek and it's they've got Premier League games or and fixtures in the at the weekends. Yeah. Um, it could be straight to pens, but either way, I think it could be settled by, by a shootout or if it is extra time. But I'm really hoping we just don't need that. Because um, on paper, we should be winning this game. We've had a week now, 
for the players to rest um, for them to go to Courchevel to Dubai wherever they've gone yeah. and for players um, like Chewell and Shukumaka and hopefully Nkuku come back to Cobham and uh, regain some match fitness as well um, so I'm really hoping we win this um, and we should be winning it I keep saying we should be winning it there's no excuses and hopefully we've got um, Liverpool or Fulham awaiting us in the League Cup final in February yeah, I I always say when it comes to the League Cup and it comes to, you know, especially the League Cup is probably the good example. You know, no one really cares about it until you're at Wembley. Um, exactly. And and I always, I mean, I, I don't have that 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 narrative because I, you know, round two or round three, whatever, you know, I'm always hoping that we win to get to Wembley. But no one really, you know, it's only when you're at Wembley, everyone really matters and, it, you know, everyone wants to win the trophy. But we have to treat this like it's not Middlesbrough and it's Liverpool that we're playing or Man City. We have to treat it like that. Give them the respect. I mean, to be fair, we didn't play bad at the Riverside. We just didn't. We just didn't take the chances that we had. Yeah. I mean, Cole Palmer should have had a hat-trick that night, if we were being honest, you know. So, um, I, I, I think Potocino and Chelsea have to, they have to get this right. This For me, this is... Not the be all and end all of the season, but it's massive. It's silverware. It's a trophy. People might say it's the Mickey Mouse of the, the you know, the Mickey Mouse Cup or whatever, you know, the, the energy drink cup, but it's still a trophy. When, when we look back in three or four years, you know, we'll say, yeah, we won the League Cup that year. You know, we didn't have the best of seasons, but we won the League Cup. And, you know, it, it, for me, mentally, in terms of the players, that's progress for them. You know, they, they'll see that they've won some silverware. They go on next season. If we can leave, I mean, I don't know if you still get into Europe by winning that. I think, do you still get, a, is it still that the case that if you win the League Cup, you get into the qualifiers of the European? If it is, then it's still, you know, it's a gateway into Europe if that's still the case. For me, that's a no-brainer to win this trophy just for that sake as well. I'm pretty sure you you enter it through the qualifying stages if you win it, I think. Unless you finish in the top four or the top five, then obviously you don't. But I think if you don't, you still enter. I'm pretty sure you enter into Europe through that route. Now, if that is the case, yeah, let's go and win it because we, we the chance of us getting into you know the top four, five, six, or seven in the league are against us at the moment. So let's treat it with a bit of respect in terms of the cup. Um, I agree with you in terms of selection has to be well. And Kunku hasn't trained all week um, and isn't back in training as as of today anyway. Um, when we're recording this on the Friday, he's not back in training. So I would be very surprised to see Nkunku in the team. Sanchez, obviously, as we know, is out. Reese James is out. Ogunchuku is out. Uh, is there anyone else? Lavia will be out the team as well for the game. Bajashil is back, I, I believe. I think I saw him back in training. Bajashil's back yeah. now. I think the only two, the, the key injuries are those there. But I mean, look, we, we've got enough in that team to do it. I mean, even without Reese James, you know, you look at Malagusto, Cowell, I mean, he was, yeah, I, I said it at the time, I think I would probably put Malagusto at left back and albeit, I think he's been, he's definitely staying at the club apparently, but Alfie Gilchrist, I'd put at the, the right back situation or Dezazi as a right back because it just gives you a bit more cover and protection. I think when you've got Gusto, who's more, suited as playing as a fullback either side whether it's right or left he's able to do that job so I think if we can put him there it just it just helps and if it is Mudrick in, in that sort of attacking role on the left it just helps having someone that's able to overlap and, and understand what you're both doing when Cowell's there you lose all of that on the left side so I'm trying not to rant but he's going in so mm. I can feel it but yeah. um, but 
is this the type of game you bring Chua back into the fold, your vice captain in a semi final? Is, is, is it too early? I, 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 possibly. I mean, I don't. I can't remember how much time he got against. Um, he got he got a good ten minutes or fifteen minutes, I believe, yeah, against he, um, Fulham. He's missed um, a lot. He's playing at left. Yeah. And would you want to risk risk him? I mean, I'd I'd, I'd probably, if it was me, I'd probably start with Gosto at left back and I would possibly bring, you want want to build up his fitness gradually. I would hate to lose Chilwell, play him on on Tuesday and then lose him for another six weeks and then he misses the final and he misses another big chunk of the season. So it's a shout though. So it's a really good shout. Uh, You know, know, I I forget that we've actually got Ben Chilwell there and he's fit again. Yeah, we do always say on this podcast, if you're on the bench, then you're fit enough to start, usually. That's what we, we do tend to say. It's, it's, it's um, a slogan, isn't it? It's the motto. So yeah. <laughs> you're right. I've got to take my own words back there. So yeah, I think, I think yeah, if he's if he's fit enough to be on the bench, then yeah, you're right. He should be fit enough to play in the team. My only worry with that is he's, he, you know, very similar to Nkunku, you know, when, when Nkunku came back, I wouldn't possibly start him, but I would definitely integrate him and put him onto the, you know, the pitch, give him, you know, 45, 30 minutes of the game depending on how it goes but uh, it's a gamble you know if, if, if he starts him and he's fit enough and he's on the bench then yeah it's a gamble you've got you've got to probably take because if you want to be in the final you have to take those those risks and hope that he sees the game out you know and he sees out the 90 minutes but who, who would you start with I mean we started with Cole Palmer as the false nine um, against Middlesbrough in the first leg and he, it, I mean like I said he could have had a hat trick but it didn't really work going into this game would you start with Armando if he's still there? Would you start with Armando Broyo, um as as the the number nine? Hundred percent, yes. Hundred percent, yes. We experimented it against Middlesbrough. It hasn't worked. I think at times last season we tried Sterling as a false nine. It didn't work. Um, and if it's not Broyo, I'd even go for someone like David Washington because I just we don't like Washington. this. Yeah. I, no, yeah, I don't like this whole false nine business. I, we saw Palmer. He's a brilliant footballer, but the worst game he's played for Chelsea was when he played as a false nine. So the best football he played is on the wing or is just sitting behind the striker. And that's why I'd play him tomorrow on, I always say tomorrow, on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I've, we've, I've forgotten about Washington, but he's, he's someone we need to, to consider, especially if Broser does leave. Washington, Washington's there, he can do a job. But I do agree with you. I think, you know, um, yeah, you can't play Palmer as the, the full, for me as the false nine. I think I'd, I'd rather see... Palmer maybe on the, the, the right or he, he just I mean Conor Gallagher for me has to start this game um, on Tuesday because I think as I said at the very start of this episode you know he's arguably been, been one of our better players this season in terms of what he can do um, I wouldn't start Mudrick I'd probably start I think I, the, the, I think the team that we had for the first leg is a team I possibly would go with I think at the time we had um, Petrovic in goal I feel like we might have had. I think maybe at the time. We had Cole, Cole left back, right back was yeah. Gusto. Did we have Cole left back? I thought we had either Matson or Gusto. No, in the first leg, that's why Carrick targeted that side because um, we had Cole left back. Sorry, yeah, but our predicted um, lineup was was not Cole. Oh I yeah, there. I think, yeah, I think, yeah. I think we would. I think we either had Gusto at left back in our predicted lineup. Must have, yeah. And and I think we had either Gilchrist or. Or Dezazi a right back, I think. But the predicted lineup is what I would go with for this second leg, I think. I'd have to agree. I'd have to go back and look at it. But mm. whoever's fit, because um, I think at a time maybe 
there were still question marks about certain players' fitness. Um, but I think you'd won your strongest 11. We haven't played any football for about 10, it would have been 10 days, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then our next game is only until Saturday. So, so yeah, we've got to play our strongest 11. Um, we've got a bit of experience in that team as well. So I'd want to see um, the likes of, um, of Chua, if he's fit. I want to see Sterling. Uh, I don't want to see Madrid. Yeah. Maybe not Madweki. I'd probably have Palmer instead. Yep, and I'd have Brogia. Brogia leading the line of the, um, with um, Enzo, Caicedo and Gallagher as the midfielders. Agreed, agreed. And we do have to remember, obviously, Middlesbrough, I think, have got Rotherham at the weekend. So not that it should matter, but they've got a game in between us now. So they've got less time to prepare for the game uh, on Tuesday. It's no excuse. I mean, if we lose this, it's, there is no excuses. We've not played football, as you said, for just over 10 days. I think uh, Middlesbrough played two games since then. I think they played last weekend as well. They're obviously playing this weekend in the championship and then they've got that game, you know, 72 hours afterwards. So it's, um, there's no excuses, you know, and like I said, I'm, I haven't got obviously Google with me right now, but if, if, if it is a gateway into Europe, what a perfect way to, to get some European football next season. Um, if the rules haven't changed from, if, if I remember correctly, you enter into the qualifying rate, uh, rounds of the, the European competition, it must maybe the conference league. Now I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked, you know, but I'm pretty sure you enter into it at some point. So if it is the case, then we, yeah. should, we should be treating it as a, as a trophy, but also a gateway into Europe. Yeah. We can't say these semifinals for granted as well. Um, against these, like, disrespect into a low opposition. Uh, we saw against Swansea in 2013, where we had the semifinals against them and we, we bottled that and lost it. And then Swansea went on to win it in the final against Bradford. And it's still silverware, like you said. People call it the Mickey Mouse trophy, but you do really start to care about it once you're in the final. Yeah. And we've lost our last four, I believe, domestic cup finals at Wembley. Um, Arsenal, Leicester. Arsenal, Leicester, and then there's two finals against Liverpool in that um, uh, two seasons ago. So we're just going to want to win some some trophies now. It's um, whatever trophies up for grabs, we will take it. And then the last thing I'll say, it's it's a midweek fixture, so some of the fans might not be able to make it. But whoever goes on Tuesday needs to be loud, needs to be vocal, needs to play their part. Mm. Um, I mentioned it a few times; it's been a bit flat sometimes at Stamford Bridge. Um, but Tuesday is one of those nights where we realise a silverware and a final at Wembley's at stake. So yeah. we're going to have to play our part as well. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah, I think it's um, again, you know, things that impact off the off the pitch is, is is just as important so for me you know fans atmosphere uh all of that matters you know it's all part of the, the game so um before we before we wrap up as always we have to do predictions i think i went with two nil chelsea or one nil chelsea in the last leg um got that completely wrong as always um what's your thoughts obviously we predicted our lineup but what's your thoughts on the the score line and 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 how the game should hopefully go for us yeah i think like i mentioned it kind of at the start of the preview i think it's going to finish 1-0 chelsea and then hopefully we win it on penalties like we did against uh, newcastle um but yeah just keeping a clean sheet is going to be quite tough against the middlesbrough team we might find themselves behind and then push for that goal um but yeah i'm going to go 1-0 chelsea Mm. I'm going to go 2-0 again I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea I think yeah I think we 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 just have to start the game very well I'm hoping the home advantage helps us as well but we have to we have to get that early goal and I think the longer the game goes on if we don't score it's going to be difficult one of the things we struggle with is low blocks um, breaking down teams so 
yeah, I mean, if we don't get that goal early on, especially, you know, if we go into that game, you know, half time and it's still nil nil, it'd be be worried. If if Ben Chilwell isn't on the pitch at that point, then we need to bring him on because, you know, we need yeah, to yeah. we need to really go for it, go all out and, and make sure that we're attacking. Play even if we've got to push everyone up, you know, up the pitch and play a high line, we're gonna to have to do it. We're gonna to have to take risks. So I'm gonna go two nil. Completely. So we both agree that Chelsea will make it to Wembley. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, you know, I mean, stranger things happen. You know, Fulham could come back and actually you know, destroy Liverpool in the second leg. So what what a final it would be if we get there and Fulham get there, you know, an all London final. Um, I'm trying to think the last time that's even happened, actually, um, in, in the League Cup. So, yeah, it'll be... Yeah, it'll be Played Tottenham in 2015 there, didn't we? Um, was that, was League it, Cup it was final. Wembley, yeah, I thought it was Millennium yeah. Stadium, but it was at Wembley, wasn't it? So, yeah. Okay, well. Arsenal a few times, I believe, in the FA Cup. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's uh, if we're saying all this and I'm just picturing it now, it could be a Middlesbrough Fulham final. <laughs> it could be. I mean, you never it, know. It could, be. it could be. Let's hope it's not. Let's hope it's not. But yeah. let us know your thoughts in the comments. Let us know what you prediction you predict and your predicted lineup. Who would you go with? Would you start Ben Chilwell? Would you rest him? Would you start him Kunku if he's if he's back and is in training and he's fit? Would you start him as well? And also let us know your score predictions uh, in the comments or on the social accounts. Make sure you hit the link tree link in the description. Theo, as always, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. It's been a bit of a longer one, but we had to do it as always. Um, again. If you've missed any of our previous episodes, they're all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for you to listen back to. We will be back next week, hopefully with a, a final to look forward to if we beat Middlesbrough. But until then, have a good weekend and we'll be back soon.